Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I'm Midnight Agent Raw. And I'm Okame. We are the Super Media Bros Podcast, and we are founding members of the Odd Pods Media Network. This episode of the Super Media Bros Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Is trimming your bush similar to reenacting a horror flick? It's Friday, midnight, circa 1986. Sudden itch in your shorts wake you up. Your bush has come out of control. What do you do? You look up and you look at the bathroom. And hoping to trim it down just a little bit. A red ominous glow comes from the bathroom. Inviting you in. But you remember last Christmas. The trimmer you got from your aunt. She saw your bush floundering out of your shorts. You walk closer and the heartbeat in your chest gets louder. And louder. The blades. They are rusty. The battery is almost dead. But somehow you must tame the main. Don't find yourself in a situation like Billy from back in 1986. My name's not Billy. That, that's, that's not important. What is important is that Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever. Get your situation situated with the new Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. This third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. It also comes with an LED light for a more precise shave and is waterproof to make your shower shave clean and easy. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which comes with everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. Inside the Perfect Package 3.0, you'll find the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls stink. Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I am thankful for their Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. Manscaped is going to throw in two free gifts into their perfect package. A pair of high-performance Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep your cash and prizes feeling fresh all day. Behind door number two. A travel shed bag to store all your grooming goodies. Trim that dilapidated junk of yours and go to manscaped.com and use our code SUPERMEDIA20 to get 20% off with free shipping. Be the hero your balls deserve. Because they'll definitely thank you for it. Get 20% off and free shipping with our code SUPERMEDIA20 at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with our code SUPERMEDIA20. Don't use the same trimmer on your face and your balls. That's just nasty. That's a horror movie all on its own.
Hey, this is Russ. This is Kyle. This is Michelle. From the Infectious Groove Podcast. Join us every Monday for the most fun you can have with a music podcast. The Infectious Groove Podcast uses a positive and fun approach as we take time every week to share our jammy jams, then dig into a thought-provoking topic discussing all decades and genres of music. You can find the Infectious Groove Podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can head to infectiousgroovepodcast.com to find us there and subscribe. We might have a controversial opinion here or there, but we always have fun with it. Oh, I'm sure I'll say something dumb. Subscribe to the Infectious Groove Podcast, part of the Odd Pods Media Network. Jesus Christ, it's Alex Bourne. It's Blanks. Snow cane. All that and more. You ready to shred some mountains? It's about to get slippery here. What if what if either of these movies would have starred Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci as Harry and Marv? They just happen to find their way into some horror films and they just bumble their way through it. All they wanted to do was steal shit. But still. Steal. But steal. Mm-hmm. But steal. But steal. Steal buns. Because when you fall on your ass, you need buns of steel. Welcome to episode 168 of the Super Media Bros podcast. I'm Midnight Agent Raw. And I'm Okami. We're back with Cult Cinema Showdown 71. Goddamn, 71 Cult Cinema Showdown episodes, sir. And this is a cold one. Goddamn right. It might be spring right now. Summer may be fast approaching, but goddamn it, we are going to pack our bags and head for some snowy ass mountains. We have a mantra cold. Brother. May we have a mantra of cold. <laughs> Brother. We have Shredder. And no. Not James Avery. No. Or Kevin Nash. No. That's Super Shredder. <laughs> yeah. And Iced. Jesus fuck. Iced versus Shredder. Now you may be asking yourself, what the fuck are these movies? Well, we're about to find out together. But not really because we watched this already. Yeah, exactly. Some of you might. but So we found out together. But if you'd like to watch these before you listen to the rest of this, go to YouTube. They're both on there. Just fucking do it. Pause this shit and go do it. And then come back. Which one do you want to start with? I'm already on Shredder, so. Let's start with Shredder. Turtles. I mean, that's the wrong movie. That's the wrong fucking movie. Dude, so I didn't realize this. Okay, so you pointed out, um, was it Scott Weinger? I hope that's how you say his name. I didn't realize until just a while ago, and this is how stupid I feel about it. This is the voice of Aladdin. Yeah. Do you trust me? <laughs> right? <laughs> well, he's going to show us the world yeah. of breaking into a ski resort with other people and, and mayhem ensuing. He's slightly dickish in this fucking film. Like, not so much that you can't tolerate it, but he, he has a bit of an attitude at times, which eventually is understandable. Right. So, basically, the movie opens up with this dude just shredding mm. downhill. But then he gets shredded. His fingers get cut off and his head almost comes off with this really tight wire. That had to hurt so bad. But I, I, I would say he barely felt anything. I mean, he was probably freezing. Like, so he barely felt anything as is. Wasn't it the guy that got decapitated, but not all the way? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he, he just lays over and 
blood. I mean, I would say it had a split in headache, but it was definitely not in his head. It was pretty much his neck. Just if you want to know what strep throat feels like. Strip throat. <laughs> yeah, look at this guy. Fuck, dude. Give this man a lozenge. A lodge. Lozenge. <laughs> a lodge. A, a lodgings. <laughs> a Kenny Lodgings. A Kenny Lodgings. Robert Logia, but Logia. <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of logs everywhere. There's trees. That's right. But yeah. So after that happens, we cut to Kimberly, who is going on a trip to an abandoned ski resort that her dad is going to be purchasing with her boyfriend, Cole. Aladdin. Call him Aladdin. Right. Her cousin, Pike, and their friends, Skylar, Robin, and Kirk. Now, there's really not a whole bunch to this fucking movie. All we know is Kimberly's a horny fucking bitch. Yeah. Like, and I can't stand her. Obligatory nude shower scene. And she's got lingerie laid out on the bed, which, I mean, spoiler alert, uh, she's a cheating ass motherfucker. So she's showering. And Cole just scares the shit out of her. With a rose. I mean, this is the wrong fucking movie. You know, he was Aladdin. I mean, Tommy Wiseau's character, Johnny, scares the shit out of Lisa with roses every day in the room. These are for you. Uh, <laughs> and he just walks in. This is free. Oh, because she smacks it and kills it. She takes the whole damn like flower part off and he just stabs her like not stabs, her, but <laughs> shoves her with the stem and shit pricks her because she's a prick. Right. But yeah, so he thinks it's going to be like this romantic getaway. But no, she has like every one of her goddamn friends and shit join the fun. And they st- so this 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 car ride. OK, Skylar has this camcorder. And he's filming everything. So this is almost like found footage and a slasher rolled into one, but not so much the found footage thing. So he's, he's being annoying in the car and causes one of the girls, I don't even give a fuck who it is, to spill coffee all over their fucking expensive sweater. It was Robin, I think. Yeah, and it makes me laugh because they pull over this gas station called Huskies and uh, she just hauls ass out of the Jeep with no shirt on in the fucking freezing cold to the bathroom, which is the cleanest goddamn gas station bathroom I've ever seen in my fucking life. I mean, in the middle of fucking nowhere, I doubt that. I mean, that's probably why it's clean, because there's nothing more to do. Like, the clerk is just like, I guess I'll fucking clean the bathroom again. Or everybody goes shit in the freaking snow and just cover it up. Yeah. Freezes over like a rock. Look at the Lord Shireen in the back. <laughs> also, let's not forget Skylar's very bad ADR. In this film? Yeah. Because there are clearly two different tones or two different people talking in this film when it comes to Skylar. One is just this very like, like, yeah, dude. Like, yeah, he's just really high pitched, squeaky, and then it kind of tones down, but it's very muffled on other instances. And I can't stand it. It's almost like when he has a conscience or he has like a toned down moment and it's like on personality, he sounds normal. But when he's hyped up, the ADR just clearly comes in. like, yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty intense. So at this gas station, the girls are like talking about whatever. And they run into this dude named Christoph. From Europe. Yeah, and Kimberly just invites him along. But I had to laugh because when they get into the Jeep, it looks like there's blood on the back of the Jeep. But the Jeep is red. So you really can't tell. The fuck? film tries to point suspicion at Christoph. I was like, hmm. He painted this Jeep red with his blood. Random stranger comes in. Who's the killer now? Hmm. We wonder. So they, they get to this fucking resort, which is uh, just basically this montage of the rest of the group, like, shredding the mountains to this, like, it, this is obviously 2001, so you've got, like, 
early 2000s pop punk music playing while this is happening. And the whole time they're doing this, Cole is trying to break in the chain with everything. Yeah, like a, like a fucking f- a light flare, a tire jag, like everything. But he gets in. And then it, it just kind of goes, the, the movie just kind of goes to shit from here. So it's, it's a bunch of partying at, at this, this resort. This cop shows up, Sheriff Tony, and the girls like grossly flirt with this old man cop while he squeezes their asses and he's like, oh, I got to take you all in. And then Cole's like, nah, you're not going to take us in. He just slips him some money and, you know, that whole typical shit. Oh, you can't stay here. It's all the murders and it's haunted and blah, blah, blah. But this 20 will definitely tell me to turn away. <laughs> Reminds me of the mask. Mm. <laughs> and he's like, perhaps you've heard of my friends Franklin Grant and Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> That's that's pretty much what happens. It should have been a line. He's giving them money. He's like, "Do you trust me?" <laughs> yeah. What? Do you trust me? <laughs> Let me buy you the world. Yeah, I can buy you the world. Shining, shimmering Benjamins, <laughs> Jacksons, <laughs> Jacksons. <laughs> <laughs> so the guys go to this local bar to get beer, and I I, for, I forgot to mention like when they're driving to this place they. They yell at some dude and it looks like he's in this giant like snow plow snow sweeper looking fucking grinder thing. Yeah, it looks like two drums that have like the spirals on it and they push out the snow as the driver goes through the piles. He's basically going like two miles an hour on the road and they're literally just harassing this guy on the fucking road. Just, just being obnoxious as hell. Right. But yeah, they eventually go to that little bar slash grocery store slash whatever it's like a a everything store i guess at this point it's the it's the conglomo of idaho or wherever was this movie the one that was in idaho it was in idaho yeah like (laughs) just this is the one-stop shop because this is whenever i stated earlier it's like yeah idaho because it's full of hose it's the circle k bar and grill yeah (laughs) but all while uh aladdin was Basically trying to get his food and everything like that, or all the, the, the party snacks, I guess you can call it at this point. Skyler catches an eye of some redhead across the way, basically giving him the, uh, hmm, I'm interested look, which comes into play. Which he swears up and down through this whole fucking film that she's this angel, that the best thing he's ever seen and all this other stuff. Because pretty much in the beginning of the film, every girl that he came across was turning them down for anything in general. Like all the girls in the group were just like man you're a fucking loser just stop so now he's obsessing over this one chick who just looks at him once it's like oh my god that's the girl in my dreams right there it's like boulder yeah <laughs> i've got a snow boner i thought you said boulder because i was like it's colorado because i got a boulder he's got a boulder in Colorado. <laughs> whenever there's snow it becomes a boulder instead mm-hmm. of a boner no that boulder is made from all the shit from the town and all the latrines <laughs> keeps our bathrooms clean it's like a pumice stone. That's <laughs> where I get the grout out. Reminds me of that uh, pumice powered lava, the fucking soap bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had their own version up there in Idaho. It's made of turds. <laughs> pumice power iceberg, ice turds. Plum ass power. Plum ass, pa- plum ass power. If it's plum, I don't know what the fuck they're eating up there. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, they go back with all this shit to the cabin or. Whatever the fuck they call it. Because this thing has run the fuck down. It doesn't look like any typical cabin. I want to say it was like an old bar at one point. Yeah, because it had like a stage and it looks like a little dance area and shit. So it's like cowboys. Pretty much. <laughs> For all you locals out there. 
So at one point, Kristoff actually has visions of shit when they're snowboarding, and you're just like, wait, what the fuck is this? And then you're like, I'm on a plot development here. Could he actually be the killer? Possibly. Well, we see this, what I call the skier in black, because the dude is just dressed to the nines. I don't know why my mind went to that lady in red, skier in black. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) pretty much. One of the guys in the group used to be this like silver medalist snowboard that Skylar is just like gaga over. It was Kirk. Yeah. And then at one point, like they get freaked out because the sheriff mentioning like all the murders and all this bullshit. So Kim eventually tells the story of the little girl that got killed there and the killer vanishing years prior. So the group starts to get unhappy about being there and like, oh, there's it's bad karma and blah, blah, blah. And right then they hear a noise outside and nobody wants to go out there except for Cole and Pike. And Pike very obviously has a crush on Cole, which I think is kind of ironic considering like that's her cousin is dating him. But I think she just deep down knows her cousin's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Well, man, at one point he had some kind of like a little fit with her about something she pointed out. I was like, I don't know how you deal with her, basically. Right. But yeah. When they were, they were going outside, they noticed there was a building outside and Cole was basically getting the hint that they were wanting to get friendly and stuff like that. Nothing like super serious or anything like that. And he's not catching on any of the come ons that she's bringing to him, basically. And it got awkward for a second. And then immediately, like 30 seconds later, she's fine. Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird, too. But the building they found was the power generator area basically for the whole entire resort. So they powered it on and then pursues the Kimberly sneaking out scenario. Yeah. Which she just goes from all decked out clothes to lingerie. Yeah. She's going to find Kristoff, but I think is fucking funny is that he winds up making out with one of the other chicks there. Yeah. He gets Robin. He gets it up with Robin. Yeah, that's right. And she sees him and she's like, and walks off. Meanwhile, Sheriff Tony is still on the grounds, but he gets stabbed with a fucking screwdriver right in the eye. Yeah, he's still on the grounds. He's yeah, he's, perma- he's permafrost. To the I grounds. was going to say <laughs> he got screwed over. Yeah, he wanted a screwdriver for a drink. Right. After a long, hard day. <laughs> so like Chad goes missing, whoever the fuck that is. And then they all go snowboarding anyway, which I think is funny. Like they're like, Chad's gone. I, d- I don't know where he's at. Let's fucking hit the mountains, guys. It's like they literally cut to a scene of them all fucking just snowboarding. And then like Kim goes off with Kristoff because Cole's like, oh, I can teach you how to snowboard. And she's just like, you can't compete with his skills. I'll call you sometime. And I'm like, dude, dump this bitch. Yeah, clearly not worth it. And then the, the guy that's like real stoner out of all of them, he gets fucking stabbed with an icicle. And then he, the way he dies, he's like, karma bad. And he dies. <laughs> and ugh, God damn it. Robin is on the ski lift by herself. And then the dude in black, like the skier in black, just like just scoots right next to her. And he's like, hey, <laughs> he get a fucking lift off. Yeah. She tries to hit on him and stuff. And he just flat out ignores her. Right. Like she actually shoves him off of the fucking thing. And it's pretty damn funny. No, what I thought was funny about this scene was he was pulling out the fucking rules of the mountain to her face and pointing it at her. And she's like, I don't know what that means. What are you trying to tell me? And he's just like, Insert gesture here. Yeah. Because like after she shoves him off the thing, her scarf gets tangled up in the wiring on this thing. And she just basically hangs out for the rest of the movie on this fucking lift. No, it wasn't the wiring. It was the back of the lift itself. Yeah. Part. 
which I don't fucking understand because how did it just magically get tangled up and like not around her neck? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So she falls off. And as soon as I think it was, was it Pike and Cole or was it, um, Skylar? No, it was Skylar and Shelly. It was Skylar and Shelly because they met finally and they were going up the lift. (laughs) 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 I'm choking up here now. The lift stopped because Robin's body hit the failsafe bar. <laughs> it just fucking breaks. And it, every time it would go back and forth, it would keep hitting that bar so the, the lift would stop. So Shelly kept pushing the button, and eventually Robin's body just broke the bar, like you said, and just kept going. So you literally just see like a Christmas ornament hanging around on the ski lift, <laughs> which I thought was fucking hilarious because I think at one part, it was Pike and Cole were sitting down trying to get a hold of Kimberly. And all you see in the background is Robin's body just floating by on the fucking lift. Yeah, because they're like, has anybody seen Robin? He's <laughs> just dragging. <laughs> Hanging around. No, um, Marcy Playground. Marcy Playground. That's right. I don't know why I said Marcy. Hang around. Mm-hmm. Hanging by my scarf and there I am. I got you one even better. Go for it. Has anyone seen Robin? Deja vu. (laughs) Real slow, though. (laughs) Has anyone seen Robin? (laughs) God, just dragging the fuck along. Or even more depressing. Just has anyone seen Robin? Hello, darkness, my old friend. (laughs) I've come to ski with you again. (laughs) There was even another part of a transition shot. In the very bottom of the screen, from a far away point, and you see her body still floating around on the ceiling, lift. just lifting up. Yeah, it's like this beautiful uh, sunset or sunrise or something. She's just, just fucking. F- <laughs> she found religion. She's being lifted up, right? Oh god! But anyway, so Shelly basically says her dad says, "Oh, snowboarding ruined the resort." This dude named Bud shows up and threatens him, and she's like, "You know, you quit messing with her," and he tells her, "Get home or go get out of here." Some bullshit. Yeah, Bud was the one in the bar that was telling Cole nobody should be up there at that resort, basically being the creeper that he is. Right. So there's some twisting and turning that happens. Kim, especially with Robin's body. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like Kim winds up, you know, finding Kristoff and she's like flirting with him. And this is like the second time that they fuck or whatever in the hot. Or this time it's in the hot tub. A random ass hot tub. Yeah. And she starts getting weird. And then she calls him out because she like takes his wallet and she's like, oh, your name's Chris. I recognize that high school French accent from anywhere. And I'm sitting there thinking, bitch, it was working on you. It was working. Chris from what was it? Somewhere in California. Yeah, somewhere. But he said, like, oh, his friend's parents used to own the place and blah, blah, blah. So she's like, you pose, you front, and you lie. I like it. Takes pants off, fucks him. What even is this movie at this point? Menagerie twat. Pretty much. And then, like, as we said, like, this is one of the sequences, like, Robin is still fucking hanging from the ski lift, just traveling around. Mm-hmm. So Chris starts talking about the murder, and he's like, oh, it was my fault, but it was an accident. But it was my fault, but it was an accident. Bud is the killer. His wife was killed by a snowboarding accident because, you know, Pike and Skyler film like with that camera. They find these newspaper clippings about the murders and the disappearance and all this other shit. Bodies start popping up. The skier shows up and stabs Tyler in the fucking leg or he axes him or some bullshit. And it's pretty goddamn brutal. Wants to ax him a question. That's right. Left him in stitches over that shit. Mm -hmm. So Cole finds Chris and Kim fucking. 
It's not what it looks like. Oh, it, yes, it is. I told you things get slippery. Right. So he fucking leaves and she chases it. Bro, she put her fucking underwear on real quick. Yeah, it was like a split second. They just poofed and appeared. I think it's funny. It's like she's wearing cheetah print. So she's a cheetah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The skier dude comes back and he shovels Chris right in the face. Real fucking hard. Yeah, just suddenly got McAllister, Kevin McAllister's neighbor vibes. Right? The fucking snow shovel. <laughs> Dude, this scene was so fucking funny, though, because after it happens, they kind of hear, like, the scream or whatever, and then they come back, and Cole sees his body just floating in the hot tub, and the way he just delivers this line, he's like, oh, well, it's not him, let's go, which <laughs> turns around. I thought it was him, but it's not. Yeah, I guess not. So their car gets fucked up. Cole and Pike are trying to, like, stitch Skylar up, and Kim finds more skeletons and she fucking hides. Pike kisses Cole because she's just like, you know, fuck my cousin, whatever. You're, she's stupid. Yeah. We might die. Keith. So they're trying to fix the car. Meanwhile, Skylar gets fucking stabbed in the eye with a damn ski, ski pole through the fucking camera that he has on him. Which eventually the blood starts to drain from his body really fast into the vent from upstairs, downstairs. Kimberly just happens to look up as she was investigating the sudden sound, trying to call out for Skylar, and the vent that was underneath her was the one that Skylar was leaking into, literally, and she flips the fuck out, calls the fucking attention of the damn killer, and she gets herself trapped in this closet while grabbing the intercom, the walkie-talkie from Skylar after he died, and was trying to get Cole's attention on the intercom, but... As she was saying something, they were trying to start the car at the exact same time, so obviously it muffled it out. Well, at the same time, the body from the beginning of the movie that got fucking sliced almost off the neck was in the same fucking closet as Kimberly, so that was just fucking funny. Yeah, because like when he's stabbing through it, trying to get to her, the head comes off onto the poker, and it's just like 3D, like shoving into her face, and mm-hmm. just, what the fuck, dude? It's like going through like Spirit Halloween story and just had that prop that pops up. <laughs> but what I thought was funny was the director of this film definitely took nod from The Shining in this shot because the killer was literally using that damn pole to stab through the door and it was the exact same angle as Jack Nicholson's character with the fucking axe. Like it was pretty much the same thing. Yeah, he just goddamn dude. And Cole's dumbass goes back like they're trying to fix the car but he goes back for her she gets fucking killed or stabbed or whatever she's dying he finds her and her, like literally her last words i never loved you and i'm like choke on your own blood <laughs> just die already dude but he gets trapped in the closet yes he does not in that way but no no the killer like shoves up a wardrobe or some kind of like metal table or something to block the door all while the killer is now going after Pike in the fucking car. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Sometimes movies get us and sometimes they get us. Pike tries to run him over and she winds up crashing the car and presumably dies. He drags her off and like Cole finds a lot of these bodies and they're making snow angels. Like they're, they're laid out in the snow, like as snow angels. And this is where he loses his goddamn mind on the ski lift. Talking about his irresponsibilities. <laughs> Just yelling at nothing, dude. Like, he literally grabs his snowboard with one fucking foot in it because the killer, like, messed it up originally on one side. And he's just, like, yelling, 
I am definitely being irres- like it was some kind of line he was saying. I don't remember exactly, but it's like I'm definitely being irresponsible right now. Look, I'm not following any rules. I am being unsafe, and we were just like laughing our asses off. It was like we should just recreate this whole fucking scene and just come up with the most irresponsible things we can possibly do right. in this situation. It's like, yes, I did not use a condom, and I'm full of STDs. I have no rubbers for my dick. I do not want to pay child support. <laughs> <laughs> I am driving without a license. That's how I got here. I have no insurance on my vehicle, and it's not even my vehicle. <laughs> how about that, Mr. Killer? I accidentally stole a Snickers bar from the Huskies. <laughs> Oops, because I'm feeling pretty slim right now. It was already open. I mean, who was going to pay for Oh, it's a turd. <laughs> I was about to say that. Damn it. Ooh, tenfold wrapped a turd and turned into a Snickers. <laughs> That's why it was so nutty. <laughs> yeah, just chaos ensues. Yeah, he slips and he falls off the damn thing. And somehow he lands on the guy and he picks this gun up that he was carrying. And he's going to fire because it it's Bud. Like, he takes the shit off and it's Bud under the mask and everything. And th- this, <laughs> he fucking shoots him three times, but nothing happens. Yeah, after Bud gives him the whole, like, I hate snowboarders face, he looks at freaking Cole after he shot him. He's like, it's blanks. <laughs> In that moment, it reminded me of No Holds Barred. It's Brell. Mm-hmm. It's blanks. Just imagine freaking Bud with a cell phone. He just calls Cole. He's like, it's blanks. And it's Billy Blanks on the other end. Yeah. Some Tybo. It's like you go through your parents' like attic. In the box of VHSs. And he's pop one in. It's like Billy Blanks Tybo comes on. It's, it's Blanks. Blanks. <laughs> so, dude, he smacks the motherfucker with the butt of this gun. And then just the next shot is him just kind of casually snowboarding off. Not even in a hurry. He's just like just down the fucking hill. Yeah, he just like knocks the shit out of him in this very tense moment. Just, <laughs> just snowboards away. Pretty much. He's like, I'm snowboard of this. So he's chased by him on the fucking snow sled. Well, Bud gets decapitated by the wire. Like, I guess the same wire from earlier. Yeah. And then Cole's like calling for help on the fucking radio to no avail. So what does he do? He goes back to the bar. Is it even filled with people? Or is no, it just- it's actually empty right now. And he's trying to call on the payphone. That's right. Yeah, because I think we were just sitting there like joking because it looks like the most country ass place in the world. And he's fucking sitting there. I got friends in snow places. <laughs> what the fuck, man? But, but the end, the end of the film here, Cole goes out the back door after coming out of the closet. Come to find out, it is completely blocked off of snow. I mean, it was like seven feet off the ground. Yeah, it's like this giant trench on both sides. And lo and behold, there's the fucking snow plow. Snow and behold. Yes, yeah, snow and behold. Yes. Right in front of him. And he thought that he got away from the killer. Oh, no. The killer is activating the plow. And who is going to plow him, you ask? None other than Shelly. It's Shell. And, yes, she's pissed because her mother was killed by irresponsible snowboarders. There's a death to snowboarders bumper sticker on this thing. So, our boy's about to die. But, holy shit, Pike is alive. We thought that bitch was dead. And her gun did not have blanks. No. 
Because she shoots Shelly, and then Shelly falls into this sweeper, and dude, she gets obliterated. Yeah, she gets wood chippered into pulp. Bruh. And it was so funny, like, how fast she got sucked into the vortex and just bloop. <laughs> and we have a few questions. The Jeep is there, but how is the Jeep there? It looked completely just fucked. Well, not only that, it was on fire the last time. Like, part of the damn, like, hood was on fire. So how did it turn on and function like a normal van or Jeep or vehicle? And the movie just ends. Yeah, Cole and Pike just, they're there. The end. That's Shredder. They're stuck in Idaho. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's move on to Iced. The plot follows a group of friends mysteriously invited to a ski resort where they're stalked and murdered by a masked killer. Gee, didn't we just talk about this movie? Pretty similar. All right. So the movie opens on the still shot of this fucking T-posing fucker about to ski. Iced. (laughs) Yeah, iced. These two guys named John and Jeff are fighting over this chick named Trina at the ski resort. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, let's fucking race. And the winner gets Trina. I thought it was Corey. I don't know. It's somebody. Yeah, it was Corey and Jeff because Corey was really getting close to Trina. And apparently the whole group was just idolizing her so much. Like she's the prime catch of the group. Corey was getting aggravated with Jeff because Jeff was just an obsessed little peon. And they basically challenged Skeed to see who would win Trina. Challenge pissing. Yeah. Big Bill Hells. (laughs) <laughs> well Corey obviously won which I think he cheated a little bit because he stepped on Jeff's foot or his ski or something I think that's what I saw he turned around and he said you okay and he didn't respond he was just you know having his little fit and shit so obviously you know he lost <laughs> but yeah pretty much the rest of this montage is how much 80s can you pack into like next 15 minutes and it's yes that's the question or the answer to that question And there's a whole lot of conversation going on. Corey is getting really close to Trina at this point in their room. Jeff comes barging in saying like, you're my woman. You're always been my woman. And Trina's like, look, dude, we're just friends. Fucking stop. Corey like gets all his nerves and tells him to fuck off. And Jeff just loses his shit at this point, more so than normal. Don's the iconic blue condom looking fucking skiing gear orange goggles and proceeds to go ski one last time but that one last time was foreshadowing at a rocky end yeah he just uh oofs it so hard on oh dude he's he fucking let's be honest he eddie guerrero frog splashes the shit out of this pile of rocks and just dies from internal bleeding which i'm pretty sure might have been just a big turd like pile but yeah it's from idaho (laughs) come see this authentic idaho turd we imported it here. But it looked funny, though, because during the race, like, Jeff's wearing, like, this all-blue suit, and is this Mortal Kombat? I just, I just want to know. Everyone's mortal here. <laughs> Obviously, because Jeff ain't fucking... <laughs> God. 
But yeah, so Jeff dies. It's just this happy fucking music, and it's four years later. And this is where everybody in the group from back then is all driving to this new resort called Snow Peak. And they've just mysteriously been invited with this piece of paper. It's like a timeshare. And they're like, oh, John and Diane are going to come visit. John got a PhD in pediatrics. And Eddie gets the same letter too, but he looks like John Oates. His car breaks down. And if any of you guys remember the Austin Powers scene where, is it Michael McDonald, like the the comedian that plays that that security guard dude? Like he's about to get run over with Mm -hmm. the damn steamroller. And it's like way far away. And he's like, no. And he has ample time to get away. So did Mr. Oates. But no. He sows his oats. Jeff has a fucking, what was it, a steamroller? Yep. Yeah. Just fucking ketchup packs his ass. Because like, it's literally like if you step on a ketchup packet on the ground and just splatters behind it, that's pretty much what it looks like. Yeah. I mean, we presume this is Jeff. It's same fucking ski suit, same goggles, same everything. Same pissed off look in his eyes. He's probably still actually drunk. Yeah. We already had our suspicions here that, like, we think it's a ploy by whoever the killer is that's inviting all these motherfuckers. Spoiler, we're correct. Yeah. So at the resort, Jen checks out the bedroom, and this dude named Carl surprises her, I guess, who used to be her dude back in the day. And the real estate dude, Alex Bourne, is supposed to- Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, this is Alex Bourne. (laughs) So he's supposed to come, like, have a meeting with everybody about the timeshare and all this bullshit. Apparently, like, at one point- Alex has this vision of finding Jeff after the accident. Mm-hmm. So the plot thickens. Jen keeps like making these like, oh, I'm, I'm just waiting on Eddie to get here. Like, bitch, he's daddy now. <laughs> oh, man. So John and Diane arrive and John winds up finding a newspaper clipping of the ski death like in his drawer in his bedroom. I mean, foreshadowing much? Come on now. Which eventually he blames Carl for it because obviously Carl's the prankster in this whole group. Right. But before he does that, Carl has this really vivid cocaine dream. He's doing some different snowing of his own. Yeah, because apparently he's like a salesman or this big time business sales person. I don't know what the fuck it is, but he makes so much money that he would just waste it all like Wolf of Wall Street on fucking cocaine. Dude, I'm telling you, it's like goddamn cocaine. But yeah, he has this big dream about him and Jeanette in a bathtub. Mm. <laughs> and... He wakes up from his little fever dream. John walks in the news clipping, blames him. Come to find out Carl has a gun. He's flipping out. He's like, oh, I'm just making sure nobody fucks with me. It's protection. Yeah. Better than condoms. This does not fire blinks. And then Carl decides to flip the vanity mirror sideways and then do some more blow. <laughs> just rails that shit, man. <laughs> like he doesn't even like cut it up. He just drops the whole fucking bag on the mirrors. <laughs> Oh, I mean, we didn't see that happen, but that's pretty much what was implied. You already know. <laughs> Trina is always working out, dude. You pointed this shit out because it's the funniest fuck. Yeah. So the girls are all preparing dinner while Carl and Corey go shredding on skis. And every time Trina is doing anything, she's working out. She's either doing like leg aerobics or she's lifting a weight like a pound, not major weights just like those little like a chrome little weights that you get for like aerobics it's pretty much just that she could be jogging in place the next minute or doing jumping jacks or something we don't know but that's the stigma of her she's a workout buff and that's pretty much why everybody pines over her right they all have this like really weird like dinner scene where 
Trina talks about a story of her stuffing her bra because she didn't have boobs and then it rained and she had, quote, soggy tits. <laughs> I laughed at that line so much. Soggy tits. That's the funniest fucking thing I've heard. But like this dinner kind of brings out everybody has like suspicions about, you know, what the fuck is going on and everybody's getting a little anxious. Well, Alex winds up showing up and Jan answers the door, which I think is funny because between Eddie, Carl and Alex, Jen, Jen just wants to get laid. Okay. Jeanette just wants some fucking dick. And she's seeing dollar signs on Alex all over him. Yeah, and I think it's funny because Alex makes this comment. He's like, you guys all look like you're prepared for a funeral, like with the way they're dressed and shit. Foreshadow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, Trina's like, well, can I get you something to drink? And he's like, coffee would be great. And she's like, all right, cool. Well, she goes to make coffee and there's just this random bloody knife on this pie. Another foreshadow. Yeah. It's not cranberry sauce. It's definitely not cranberry sauce. <laughs> I love this next scene though. Because Alex is like, well, I think I'm going to head on out, blah, blah, blah. And Jen's like, well, why don't you just at least stay till it stops snowing? And he's like, well, it's going to snow all night. And she's like, I know. <laughs> Not subtle. Right. And so they're like talking in front of the fireplace, Jen and Alex. And she's like, you must love it here. And just, he's so dry with this response. He's like, yes, it's nice. <laughs> it's like Cole from the last one. I was like, oh, he, it's not him. It's not. Nope, it's not him. <laughs> But now she is having these vivid daydreams of them fucking in the bathtub. So they, it's like they start making out right there. But what cracks me up is like they had to have been making out for hours because in another shot, everybody's just kind of commiserating and they're still on the floor making out while everybody's just going on like it's, it's just nothing. It's just no big deal that they're just on the floor, just tongue deep in each other. It's like a pickup shot was the scene before that. <laughs> It's like, oh, we should do that again, but it, yeah, put that before that happens. Y'all, just keep on going. Yeah. Fuck it. No, literally. Fuck literally, it. fuck it. <laughs> then there's like a phone call for Jen, and apparently she's, she's saying that it's Jeff because the, the person on the other end says, I'm here with Jeff now. Or it's Eddie. Yeah, she thinks it's, yeah, that's it. She thinks it's Eddie. She's like, did one of you guys play the joke or who put you up to this? And they all look at Carl. Because why the fuck not? He's the one causing all the shit around here. It's got to be Carl. Got to be. And this brings up the whole newspaper clipping in the drawer. John presents it. And then Carl with his big fucking mouth just, oh, also, I have a gun too. You want to tell them that shit? Just to let you know, I've got a gun. Yeah. Well, then John has to leave because he gets a phone call about this emergency C-section at his pediatric center. So he has to leave. And this is where the movie starts kind of getting into its stride. Diane's going to go with him. He gets in the car and he gets fucking stabbed in the back of his neck and it comes out through the front of his neck. It's another ski pole. We, we presume it's Jeff. And then Diane runs and then she gets grabbed by the throat and she's about to get stabbed like in the throat through the mouth with an icicle. And then it just literally like right whenever he stabs her, it cuts to them like ice picking some ice cubes in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but what I want to know what we would like to know is she was screaming so loudly. How did they not hear it in the house? The ice pick was very loud. Apparently. <laughs> what was that? That's was just some ice. Okay. <laughs> what was that? Oh, I'm just fucking Alex. Right. <laughs> so I'm going to call um, Jeff, Mr. Blue man suit, Mr. Sub zero. Cause this motherfucker is just setting bear traps. Okay. He randomly just walking with these two large bear traps and buries them in the snow. 
Jen goes to the hot tub naked, so another naked hot tub scene. We should know by now where this is going to end up. It's literally like piece by piece, the same fucking transition from both films. It's the formula. Yeah. Never stray from the formula. Great death scene, though. Mr. Blue Man Suit just says, you know what? You need some music in your life. Just goes like Uncle Fester from the second Adam's Family, just throws a damn... Yeah, shocks her ass. Right, a shocking death. Yeah. Carl winds up grabbing his gun out of his boot. He's been drinking. He sees the guy outside with the lantern. So he goes outside. He fucking steps in one bear trap and then just legit falls over and like his torso gets caught in the other one. He just dies. Just bleeds out. Carl, that kills people. (laughs) Now you're dead. But this is the best part, okay? So it's nighttime. <laughs> Corey wakes up, and he's like, Carl? Carl? Ooh, pie. <laughs> he sees, like, the one leftover piece of cherry pie. He doesn't grab a fork. He just fucking just manhandles this piece, and just he's like, man, this is really good. Fucking stabbed in the shoulder. Which you presume he's dead, but no, he's kind of pumping blood. <laughs> right. And then Trina wakes up. It's like the morning after, like literally everybody's fucking dead. And she's like, Corey. And she's like calling like everybody's name at this point where she finds Jeanette in the fucking hot tub, just frozen over. And Jeff was here written on the Mm -hmm. side of it. Then she finds Corey. But the way she finds it, she's like, oh, my God. (laughs) And he's still alive somehow. Note. Okay. Everybody she finds, she's freaking the fuck out. So she sees Jeanette, freaks out. She sees Corey, tries to get him to the fucking hospital to get help or whatever. Goes to the car and sees Diane and John, but proceeds to go out to the back and sees Carl and just sits there and goes, oh. Grabs the fucking gun (laughs) and gets the key to the vehicle. And that's the only reaction she has about him. Like everybody else, she's so fucking distraught that that happened to them. And he's okay. You're dead. (laughs) That's the stiffest he's ever been. He took that Diagra. Yeah. (laughs) He needed it to get stiff. Right. Dude, I I was laughing. We were both laughing because Corey winds up passing back out from blood loss. And we were joking like, well, what if she started just working out next to his body? Yeah, to do CPR. Yeah, like she puts her hands on his chest and she's doing push-ups on his chest. She's like, one, two, three, four. Don't die on me, Carl. Breathe, one, and two, and three, and breathe, and four. <laughs> like, what if he actually did die and she's like, no, Corey, I can't believe you. And she starts doing like sit-ups. <laughs> Crunching. Yeah. <laughs> Crunching my sorrows away. I gotta get my gains. Stabs for these abs. <laughs> and then she winds up calling out and she's like, please come. And he's like, stay calm. I'll have the police on the way. And then, like, the door cracks open, and she starts fighting Sub-Zero. Corey pulls the knife out of his shoulder, which, dude, holy fuck, that hurt to watch. But as the struggle continues, Trina eventually sees that it's Alex who is the killer. Because in the very middle of this movie, there was speculation as to how did everybody in the group get called to this resort. And there was question about you know, who this person was going around killing people and inviting people and whatever like that. And Alex was like, well, you know, I got a response from Jeff. And everybody's like, what do you mean you got a response from Jeff? He's dead. He's like, he responded to my letter too. 
So they were like, well, how'd you get all of our names? Like, are you spying on everybody? And I think it was Corey was the one that said, well, maybe he got it from the guest log from all the resorts in the area. That's how he got our names all in the same time. And he's like, yeah, that's it, obviously. No, it wasn't. Because Jeff and Alex were actually really close friends. He was so pissed off that Trina just just iced him, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Gave him the cold shoulder throughout the whole entire beginning of this film that he tried to calm Jeff down from his little temper tantrum that he was having, but couldn't do it. And apparently at the same time he was doing that, trying to chase Jeff on the slopes, he had an accident himself and broke his fucking leg. Yeah, he had, had to, to get, get cut off. Yeah, he had to get amputated, dude. And what was the fucked up part is in the beginning, we see Jeff kind of, it looks like he's talking to himself at the bar, but he was actually talking to Alex, telling yep. him everything that happened. So now Alex blames her for taking a ski career from him because he shattered his leg and had to get it cut off. And he's going to kill her for Jeff, you know, for killing his friend. But can, okay, so I feel like the leg, literally, the leg story literally only serves a purpose for the ending. So Corey recovers enough to see them struggling. She kicks Alex and Corey fires a shot. He falls over the banister. And I don't know if it's like some rope or some shit that gets tangled around his fake leg. So he just dangles there and then it comes off and he falls into the snow and just dies. And a very like strange transition too. It wasn't even believable that he fell and died. It was just foot gets caught. He falls over. He looks up, goes back down casually and then falls off the damn rope and dies. Or just falls asleep. I don't fucking know. He gets frozen in the fucking ice. Yeah. Becomes a snow angel and shredder. Right. Well, later in this other scene, Corey and Trina, they, they, they kiss, Corey and Trina kiss, and apparently they have this kid, and they're building a snowman. She goes to put one of the coals in it for his eye. The, Not coal from the last film. No. <laughs> like, C-O-A-L coal. Yeah. Well, the eye bleeds, and she just stares at it, and then Jeff, in full Sub-Zero garb, jumps out of the snowman at her, and she screams, and it's the end of the movie. Which one of these wins? Which one of these abomination snowmen wins? I mean, honestly, I liked Ice way more <laughs> for some reason. I did too. It felt a little more put together. It, it made less sense in a way, but in some other way, it was just more entertaining for me, even though like the acting was god awful for me. I just, I can't stand those horny teenager college kids portrayed in Shredder. As much as I can stand, like, piss poor actors trying to be people that they're not. I get it. It's like, Shredder is absolutely a product of its time. There's sites that list that it came out in 2001 or 2003 or whatever, but it's very obviously early 2000s, and all the tropes are there. All the stereotypical characters are there. It's, it's not that great. It's entertaining, but Ice was just so much, like, better. <laughs> and that's, that's not saying too much, but... I think it was just the aesthetics of the 80s kind of gave me that more pull to that movie. But at the same time, you can kind of get the idea of like, okay, Jeff's obviously going to be the killer. He somehow survives five years of mountainous area, like this snow resort or whatever. And he decides to become this like Jason Voorhees of the mountains. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because 
when Shredder, I know it's the other movie, but when Shredder was released, it was like direct to DVD, but it had some theatrical releases in some markets. Did you know that it was actually in Japan marketed as Jason Z? Hmm. Because they were trying to capitalize on Jason X and they just wanted to call it that because it was a slasher in the snow. Just put a hockey mask on him. Right. But just put a ski mask instead. Pretty much. Yeah. So Iced is your winner this week. Okay. So this has been a long time coming. Next week, we are going to dive back into the uh, wonderfully crazy fucking world of Cool Cat and Derek Savage. Oh boy. Yeah. What are we going to do? We're going to talk about Cool Cat fights coronavirus. Yes, you heard correctly. He finally did it. Yeah. So, for those of you that have listened to the Jason Johnson interview or have followed any of our Derek Savage Cool Cat episodes, uh, here, get, get ready for yet another entry. We're going to watch this 20-minute film, and I'm quoting film, and we're just, we're, we're just going gonna to watch Derek Savage in two different suits portray two different characters with the same voice, practically. Just one is a little bit gruffer. Oh God, it's so terrible. I can't wait to talk about it though, just because not so much talk about it more of like, I'm ready to ream that dude again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. SMB reams, Derek Savage, super reaming brothers. Pretty much. So yeah, be on the lookout for that shit. Go to supermediabrospodcast.com to listen to past, present and future episodes. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on social media. Follow the other shows on the Odd Pods Media Network. Buy some merchandise from us. You know you want to. Stay warm. Get a sweater. You know, I forgot to mention, whenever Jeff put the mask on, very beginning the black mask, I was like, Sub-Zero. Sub-Zero wins. That's why you should get a mask and just do Sub-Zero. There you go. With our logo on it. There you go. I think that's all I have for this week. Yeah. I'm getting kind of chilly. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same. So is my coffee. It's cold. Oh, we're about to give uh, <laughs> about to give the rest of this episode to cold shoulder. Thanks for listening, everybody. You're awesome, like always. Yeah. This has been episode 168, Cult Cinema Showdown 71, Iced versus Shredder. Until next week, I've been Midnight Agent Raw, and I'm Wokami. Skis on. Snow off. Mm-hmm.